Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. Okay. I hope you had a somewhat restful morning in some ways, in spite of whatever might you might be moving through, that you had some moments of being able to settle and arrive. I'd like to talk a little bit with you first about the loving kindness practice, um, give you some ways of thinking about it, and a little bit of framing around um, how this practice works, the mechanism of action in it. Uh, And then we'll do do some practice, some guided practice together, and have a little bit of time uh, at the end if there are any questions about the instructions or the practice. I want to start with a, a quote from His Holiness the Dalai Lama. This is one of, one of my favorite quotes about metta. He says, If we were aware that we all have within us, that we all have love within us, and that we can foster and develop it, we would certainly give it far more attention than we do. And the Buddha from 2,600 years ago, who said, whatever the mind frequently thinks about and ponders, that will become its inclination. So our, our mind, which is more than just our thinking brain, it's our nervous system, our heart, our capacity to feel, It's like an incredibly fertile patch of earth. Imagine the most fertile soil you can envision. Rich, moist, perfect weather, sunshine. Whatever kind of seeds you plant there are going to grow. That's what our heart and mind are like. Whatever we do with our heart and mind starts to shape it. And the findings of modern neuroscience over the last few decades have borne out through research what the Buddha discovered 2,600 years ago, which is what contemplatives from all traditions know, which is that we can shape our mind. This is the principle of neuroplasticity, that neurons that fire together wire together 
Hebbsian neuroplasticity. So the more we do anything, the better we get at it, right? So if we spend our life rushing, planning, feeling impatient and stressed, well, guess what? We get really good at rushing, feeling impatient and stressed. So this is, the, this is the principle, this is the kind of property of the mind, its malleability, its fertility, that this practice of loving kindness and the associated qualities of uh, compassion, joy, and equanimity are based on. That what we do with our mind each moment starts to have a cumulative effect in shaping its patterning and functioning. So this word metta, as it's pronounced in Pali, or metta, as we say in English, um, you'll notice many times we'll use that word, again, as, as Jema was saying last night, because we're dealing with translations. And the word metta encompasses so many of these nuances of friendliness, warmth, kindness, a kind of universal love, what the Greeks called agape, this unconditional sense of friendship and benevolence or goodwill. There's some very powerful images that are used for loving kindness in the texts. One of the most powerful being like a mother to her child, her only child. The sense of the strength of that bond, the depth of care and love. this kind of deep and healthy attachment, which is different than the word we we translate as attachment, which really means control in the Buddhist psychology. Sometimes it's metta is thought about as a gentle rain moistening the earth. And just as the rain falls over the ground without picking and choosing the quality of metta in its full form, its unconditional form, kind of radiates and doesn't pick and choose. I like you and I don't like you. And this is very important. Metta doesn't mean that we're best friends with everyone. It doesn't mean that we like everyone. We still have preferences. It means that we don't allow the heart and mind to move into hostility and ill will. That we're not operating on the mistaken assumption of separation animosity and the animosity that arises from that illusion of separation. So again, the Dalai Lama sometimes translates metta as basic human warmth, basic human warmth. And the point there is that it's an innate quality. It's something that we all have. It's not so far. It's not out of reach. So when you see a good friend that you haven't seen for a while, and something inside lights up and goes, hey, it's so good to see you. And there's that rush of warmth and goodwill. That's metta. Right? When you hold the door for someone and there's just that briefest flash of a smile, that's metta. It's imbued with this spirit of generosity, of giving our heart's attention and goodness to another. 
And so not only do we have this potential, this quality within each of us, we know it, we experience it. None of us would be here without some real doses of kindness in our life. It's too hard to get through. So not only do we have this potential, but we can strengthen it. We can deepen it so that instead of it being just kind of a random occurrence or something that happens with those closest to us, it actually becomes more of a default for how we live. It can become an orientation to our life. That this is what we fall back on, is that sense of seeing the goodness in one another, being aware of the common thread of our humanity and our connection. So how do we do this? So the practice of strengthening any quality, whether it's loving kindness, compassion, gratitude, patience, any healthy mind state that you want to strengthen has two parts to it. And this principle applies for any kind of cultivation that you want to do. So first, we need to experience the quality to some degree. We have to be able to find it, to touch it with our awareness, even a little bit. Now, this, this, this can involve using our imagination, using memory, being creative. The kind of fascinating and beautiful thing about our mind is if you visualize something versus experiencing it, on some level, the neurology doesn't know the difference. It still registers the same way in the brain. So we have to find the quality. We have to touch it. And then we, we linger there. We deepen it. We allow ourselves to let it move through us. So one of the strengths of this practice and one of the strengths of metta is that uh, it's not just a feeling. It's not necessarily always occurring as um, that kind of warmth or a sense of uplift. Sometimes that feeling, those sensations are present. Other times they're not, right? So at the deepest level, it's an intention. It's about how we're orienting to experience, right? So Sharon tells the story of... uh, I'm forgetting the details of what was going on in her day, but just having an awful day. I think that she had just gotten some terrible news, uh, a book award that she was hoping for, a friend had just gotten instead, and she was kind of you know, kind of jostled about that, and um, maybe she was feeling ill. It was kind of a whole bunch of circumstances that were coming together, one of those days, right? She gets into the elevator in her building in New York, and... This other woman is there. And the other woman turns to Sharon and says, today's my birthday. (laughs) Right? So Sharon turns to her and says, I hope you have a great birthday. Right? Now, Sharon wasn't filled with loving kindness. It didn't take away, right, the tsuris she was feeling. For those of you who know what that is, you know, the, the pain and the, and the angst and the, the troubles she was experiencing. But she was able to connect with that intention to see this person's goodness 
and to not withhold that goodwill of saying, hey, happy birthday. I hope you have a great day. That's loving kindness. So it doesn't mean that we have to be filled with this beautiful light and this warmth and loving energy. Yeah, maybe sometimes that's going to show up and great. Run with it, feel it, let it nourish you. That's not the practice. The practice is this intention, strengthening this intention towards goodwill to say, may you be happy. You know, Sorry you're having a bad day. May things get better. Good to see you. That quality, that gesture, that's what we're strengthening and coming back to. So there are many ways to practice loving kindness, many different techniques. Today, to start with, I'll be sharing with you one of the more traditional classical techniques that was codified about 500 years or so after the time of the Buddha. Right, was Vasudhimaga? Yeah, okay. uh, Tomorrow, Jill will share and and Jema will share other creative ways of practicing with loving kindness that are based on the suttas or more modern uh, creative ways of exploring the the technique or or the, the quality. So in the traditional way of practicing, we use the image or sense of another person sometimes ourself, so we have a a clear and specific kind of target or object that we are connecting with, and we use phrases, a few short, simple phrases in the mind to help guide our attention and to connect with the intention. So we choose three or four simple phrases. I'll offer a few in the course of the guided meditation. You can listen to them, try them out, If you have your own phrases that you already use, great. If you're newer to the practice, you can listen to these, see which ones connect for you. There's also on the bulletin board, I just posted a list of other phrases. You can also make up your own. The key is that you just, you choose three or four that are simple enough that you don't have to struggle to remember them and that you stick with the same ones. The more we keep changing the phrases or looking for the right word, it prevents the mind from settling. The whole ethos of this practice of the Brahma Viharas is that they're meant to be practiced in the easiest way possible. So this means with loving kindness practice that your body's meant to be comfortable. So unlike Vipassana practice where we really encourage you, if there's an unpleasant sensation, stay with it, observe it, don't move right away, you know, become mindful of it, try to study it and understand it. With loving kindness practice, If you start to feel uncomfortable, if it's just a little uncomfortable, just let it be. But if there's a strong pain, it's fine to shift your posture, you know, slowly, mindfully. But we want the body and the mind to be at ease as much as possible. Similarly, we want to start where it's easy. So starting with a person for whom you already have some connection, some sense of being able to access this kind of goodwill, this intention towards kindness. And then you let it grow. You kind of start from there and then let it gather momentum and build slowly over the hours, over the days. So in this traditional practice, we start where it's easiest, which for many of us in the West is often with someone else, a mentor, a teacher, an elder, a grandparent, a niece, a nephew. 
someone with whom you have a relatively uncomplicated relationship. They don't have to be perfect. No one is. Then oneself, which for many of us can be the hardest and yet is so healing, so foundational when we're able to offer metta to ourselves. Then a good friend. And then eventually starting to extend the circle of care beyond those that we know who we're close to. So beyond ourself, friends, family, we start extending metta to a neutral person, a stranger, someone we don't really know, maybe someone here at the retreat that you've just crossed paths with, who you don't have a strong hit on either way. And then eventually working up to someone who we have some, some challenge with, some friction, not the most difficult person to start, but someone where there's some difficulty. And so this is the trajectory of the traditional sequence using the phrases, starting where it's easiest. And then over time, as the days unfold, you can begin to experiment with starting to direct the metta to other people with increasing levels of distance from your heart, if that makes sense. So I'll say one or two more things and then we'll do some practice. So we choose three or four phrases. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. So the simplest. It's not a race. It's not like the more phrases you get out, you know, you win. The idea here is to give your heart's full attention to one phrase at a time. So it's just one phrase. And it's that wholeheartedness of intent around one phrase that helps the mind start to really settle and concentrate. So as we've acknowledged loving kindness practice, each of these practices we'll be doing are also concentration practices because we're giving exclusive attention to one thing, one theme, one energy, one intention, as opposed to insight practice, Vipassana practice where we're opening to the full range of experience. So it's one phrase at a time, and you're working with a sense of balance. So not trying too hard, but also not being too lax. You're not trying to pump out the feeling, right? It's not about that. But instead, can I connect with the sincere intention? That's what you're, that's what you're looking for. So where's that place of sincerity towards goodwill? And this is what I was referring to before of like finding that thread. It's like listening for a song and just trying to find the melody. Like for me, I think of my grandma from Israel. We didn't speak the same language, but we would, uh, we would play cards together. And we would hold hands when I was a kid. And she had these very sort of small, strong hands because she had worked her whole life with her hands, sewing clothes for her children, raising goats and chickens and cooking. And she was a brilliant woman, but she grew up in a time where there weren't the social structures to actually support her to realize her potential. There's so much vitality and love in those hands. And so sometimes when I have trouble finding metta, I just think of my grandma's hands. So you find, find what's your muse? 
like, where do you have that connection with this quality? And you touch that place. And so it's balancing the spirit, that spirit of sincerity, the genuineness with the form of a phrase, seeing the image of someone. And then as Jill was saying this morning, there's that sense of a kind of light continuity. We're trying to bring a a balanced effort so that we can sustain the practice over time. This isn't a sprint, it's more of a marathon. So you want to hit your stride with it. Okay. So if you're not already, I invite you to find a comfortable posture. One that in and of itself embodies this balance both a sense of kinesthetic balance, but also a balance of energies. So we're balancing the sense of vitality and alertness, that uprightness in the spine, with a certain quality of ease and comfort. Seeing, you know, can you let the shoulders be soft? Can you relax the lower back? Just beginning to turn the attention inwards. And starting by settling, feeling the weight of the body, support of the earth. And that gentle ebb and flow of the breathing. And as we begin, I invite you to imagine that you're sitting maybe in your favorite chair or in a favorite place out in nature on a front porch somewhere. Just kind of paint a little bit of a scene in your own mind that helps you connect with feeling really at ease really at home in yourself, in front of a fire or out in the sun under a tree, by a river, whatever that is for you. Noticing any effects on your body and your nervous system of painting that scene in your mind's eye. Any sense of loosening or relaxation that comes in, however small. And then bringing to mind the image of a mentor, a benefactor, 
in the text that said, this is the person who, when you think of them, you smile. It doesn't need to be a human being. It could be a pet. Or it could be a younger person, a niece, a nephew, child. Once you settle on someone, see if you can begin to let their image become clear in your mind's eye. Imagine them sitting right there with you in that place or sitting here with you in the hall. Get a sense of how close they are to you. See what they're wearing, the expression on their face. And if you're less visually inclined, you might just get more of a kinesthetic sense of how it is to be with that person. So, how does it feel when you're around them? What's it like to be in their presence? And just starting to imagine that. And then see if you can see their eyes. See their eyes seeing you. I invite you to bring your attention to your heart center, the center of the chest behind the sternum. Just resting your attention there as you hold this person's image or the sense of being with them. And just begin to notice how it feels. If you like, you could even place one hand over your heart. And just first touching in to this quiet sense of connection. Just a wordless resonance of being together. Whether or not you feel something isn't the point. Just opening up to the possibility of sensing in a different way. So because our minds aren't well-trained, it's easy for the attention to drift away from that quality, from that connection. And so we can bring in the structure of these phrases to help us stay connected and to strengthen our awareness of this intention towards goodwill.
resting your awareness there behind the heart, behind the sternum in the heart, seeing the other person or having a sense of them. And then from your heart to theirs, just beginning to offer these phrases, these wishes, just one at a time. May you be safe and protected. I'll say them out loud and invite you to repeat them silently in your own mind. May you be deeply happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong. May you live your life with ease. So just patiently repeating the phrases one at a time, giving your heart's full attention to each phrase, just with that spirit of offering, may you have a happy birthday. May you be safe and protected. May you be happy and peaceful. May you be healthy and strong of body and mind. May you live with ease. with an open heart. May you always know your own goodness. May you be surrounded by those who love and care for you. May whatever covers your heart be released. May you live with an open heart. May you always remember your own goodness. May you be surrounded by those who love and care for you.
May whatever covers your heart be released, be dissolved. Also choosing three or four simple phrases of your own and continuing to connect with this genuine intention, one moment, one phrase at a time.
you like, you can continue offering loving kindness to this person or being, just staying with the phrases, the image, the sense of being with that person. Or you can allow their image to fade and turn your attention to yourself. Feeling your own body, your own heart, having a sense of connection with yourself and experimenting with what it's like to offer those phrases to yourself. Turning that kindness back inwards. May I be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. May I be deeply happy and peaceful. May I be healthy and strong of body and mind. May I love myself unconditionally, just as I am. May I take care of myself happily in this life of change. just experimenting with what it's like to bring that spirit of warmth and friendliness to your own heart. And if that feels too hard, if you feel allergic to it, you can also imagine that the benefactor, this mentor or friendly being is sending the wishes to you. So see them saying and offering these phrases and see if you can just start to let it in, receiving it from them. Just trying it whichever way feels most supportive for you, offering it to yourself or receiving it from the benefactor. Staying with the phrases one at a time.
So, how'd it go? Any questions? Any points of clarification, confusion? people have been feeling sleepy today at some point. <laughs> look around, look around, see how many hands are up. Okay. How many people have been feeling restless today? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Practice is clear, no questions? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the question was, can you add the person's name to the phrase at the beginning or the end? Absolutely. Yeah. So you might say, John, may you be well, or may you be well, John. Yeah. So there's quite a bit of flexibility with this practice. It's one of the things that we were talking on the team earlier that we love about it is just that there's so many different ways in and ways to be creative. Again, that, that fundamental principle, we're finding the thread of sincere intention, connection with the quality, and then deepening it. And so that same structure will apply to all of the different ways that we share the practice with you. And so you might find adding the name helps. You might find like sometimes the phrase is really long, like may you be safe and protected from inner and outer harm. It's like covering a lot of the bases, right? But then as, as the metta gets stronger, as the mind starts to settle, the phrase may be just come like, may you be safe, may you be safe. And then at some point it might just be safe, safe, right? And encapsulated in that one word is the meaning, the whole meaning and the intent behind the phrase. So it can, it can change and flow as the practice unfolds. Depending on how your energy is, how you're doing, you can use the phrases and the practice to help balance your energy. So for example, if you're feeling really sleepy or heavy, you notice the phrases are getting um, muddled. Like, uh, again, I teach with Sharon a lot on the Metta course. She tells the story of a friend of hers who's from overseas, and so English was his second language, and he was doing the phrases, you know, may you be happy and well, and live with ease. And all of a sudden the phrase became, you know, may you be healthy in hell and live with eels. Or you know, It's like, wait, 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 no, you know. So if you notice that things are not actually on point. So you can, um, you can work with any of the recommendations for sleepiness in the Vipassana practice, like sit up straighter, you know, take a deep breath, pull on your earlobes, open your eyes, stand up, all that kind of stuff. But you can also... Um, like focus on the person's image a little bit more. Try to make their image really sharp and clear. That's going to bring up some energy. Or um, increase the, the volume or energy of the phrase in your mind. Or maybe you, know, you increase the pace just slightly. Not you're rushing, but you're putting a little bit more energy behind them. Sometimes it's also helpful to listen to the tone of your voice. Right? So particularly if it's someone where there's a little bit of an edge there, it's like, may you be happy. You know, you start to feel some of what, what's called the near enemy or the decoy. It's like a slight miss 
from metta coming in, which is that sense of control. Like, I want you to be happy so that you're not such a pain in the, you know, to me. Or you can, you can feel if it's uh, really that pure and genuine intention or if it starts getting mixed with other things. Any other questions, please? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll repeat. The question was, at some point, um, this person said, I felt like I lost the, uh, the words, and it was just the feeling. Is it okay to stay with that? Absolutely. Again, you know, there's, the, there's the, the spirit and the form, right? So the form, the structure of the words, is there to serve the purpose of helping to stabilize our attention and clarify the quality. So as the mind settles, as the quality becomes clearer and moves more into the foreground of your awareness, the words will start to recede into the background. And so, great, stay with the quality, notice it, and, and, and you know, as big as it wants to get, let it expand. It might be directed towards that person. It might also start to actually move beyond them individually and kind of open up into more of a, a field or kind of a radiant quality. Great, just explore it. If it feels like then you start, it starts to fade, you start to get fuzzy, bring the phrase back in. You, know? you can also, um, as I was saying, you could just work with one word, like kindness, warmth, kindness, warmth, staying with the energy and the intention. So I think that... Um, for the sake of clarity, so what we're encouraging and inviting you to do for um, the rest of the day today, beginning tomorrow morning until the next instruction period, is um, to work with the phrases. So settle on three, four, could be five short phrases, but find your phrases, settle on them, and work where it's easy. So with a benefactor, a mentor, a good friend, and or yourself, okay? Um, and to, to give yourself, particularly at this time in the retreat, give yourself the simplicity of not having to ask a lot of questions about, well, which, which one should I do? And should I do it this way or do it? Just, just put it all down and just stay with the simplicity of the technique. And as you were pointing to in your question, if it naturally starts to change, great, fine, go with it. But you don't need to do a lot of work to sort of think about how I'm going to practice and which one I'm going to do and so forth. The, um, there's also, Jill was reminding me, we were talking, you know, even though we teach this sequence of the kind of progression through categories, and it's a very beautiful, powerful way to practice, um, it's only one way to practice, and there's no obligation to go through all of the categories you know um, it's quite common to practice say loving kindness just for yourself for three months or six months I have one friend who was on staff here with me many years ago did a whole three-month retreat just doing metta for himself he said it was one of the most transformative things he did in his whole practice so even though there are categories, like as many of us, I don't know about you, like as soon as I see a list, it's like I want to like check them all off and go through them, right? So just you know, keep it simple. So start where it's easy. Let the momentum gather, explore. And 
it'll go up and down, you'll get bored, the phrases will seem really alive and vibrant and they'll seem totally dead. Just keep going, just stay with it and remember that spirit of beginning again as many times as we need to in the the letting go and beginning again. And it's the the quality um, that we bring to that moment when we wake up from being lost, that's a really important moment in the practice. Noticing what your tendency is, if the tendency is to beat ourselves up, to judge, to kind of chalk it up to the list of another reason why I'm a failure and I'll never be good at anything. And, or is there that capacity to bring a little kindness to myself? Oh, yeah, of course. I'm still learning. This is a practice. And great, I'm aware again. Right? Every time we remember, it actually means the practice is working. You see that? I think it's a good thing it's a good thing to come back from a daydream. It means that we're aware again. So instead of focusing on what we can't control, which is the fact that the mind wandered, we can celebrate the return of awareness and really appreciate that we're back on track. And what that does is one, it makes the practice a lot more enjoyable because we're not beating ourselves up all the time. And two, it starts to create a positive feedback loop. Every time we come back, we're welcomed. It's like, "All right, cool, great. Here we go. Let's keep going." And then it's encouraging. We're encouraging ourselves. So uh, in a few minutes after we end, uh, Jema will be leading some somatic meditation and movement downstairs in the lower walking room for anyone who'd like. Highly encourage you to check it out. She'll be bringing in this quality of metta into the movement. Uh, And then if you haven't seen yet on the board, uh, are posted um, two... Uh, small group meetings, one with Nakaway and one with myself uh, at 4.45. Where is your group, Nakaway? Okay, so um, just a few words since this is for those of you who are new on the small groups. Um, So this is a time for us to check in with you individually to see how it's going and what kinds of questions might be coming up and to really customize and tailor the instructions to whatever you're working with. Um, You don't have to prepare. It's not an interview. It's really just an informal chance to see how it's going and have a conversation together. Um, So uh, for both of us, the the meetings will be upstairs. So when you come out of the coat room, uh, go up the stairs, follow it around. I'm on the left in room M203. Nakawe is on the right next to the main bathroom in M208. All right. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.